Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Final hour of power here on this Friday night edition of Overtime. If you're on your way out to the club right now and you tapped in, call in. I want to hear from you because I gave my message at the beginning of the show. I was in the club a couple weekends ago. What y'all putting on out here in the city locally is terrible. Especially my age demographic, right? The 25 and older crew, you need to handle your damn business a little bit better. Ladies, I'm not even going to talk about y'all. This is about the fellas. I need matching ensembles, right? I need you to, if you're wearing a white top, if you're wearing a white top and you're wearing light clothes up top, I don't need your bottoms to be dark, right? It's... Color coordination was a thing I was taught a long time ago, and it's something it's something that I've lived with forever. Right now, though, it's time for Nell's Super Six Pack. My top six teams across the National Football League, and have at it. We'll start at number six, the Dallas Cowboys, another team that I feel like is bored and ready for the postseason to get here. They suffered a scare Sunday Against Houston, this defense is legit, though. Once the playoffs get here, I expect a lot of Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Defensively, like I said, we know they're legit. Michael Parsons, defensive player of the year, front runner right now. It's clear to me, like I said, when you're playing down to your competition, the way Dallas is right now, almost losing to the Colts, almost losing to the Texans, when you're doing that, it tells me you're ready for the postseason. They got a big matchup coming up with the Philadelphia Eagles here in a couple weeks, and that really going to be the true measuring stick for the Dallas Cowboys. Number five, my fifth best team in the National Football League here in Nell's Super Six Pack. Everyone's Cinderella team right now, and for good reason. Brock Purdy in the San Francisco 49ers. Huge win last night on Thursday Night Football, knocking off the Seattle Seahawks on the road. That was really the big-time test we were waiting to see from Brock Purdy. Could he go on the road? Take on the 12th man of the Seahawks and get the job done. He was phenomenal as an understatement, man. Brock Purdy showing exactly who he is. George Kittle having a coming out party. Four catches, 93 yards, two tutties. I mean, doing his thing. Christian McCaffrey goes over 100 yards for the first time in his 49ers career. So it was a good thing to watch, man. I'm a big believer in the 49ers. Can't wait till next weekend. Big time showdown on Christmas Eve with your Washington Commanders. Number four, my fourth best team in the National Football League here in Nell's Super Six Pack, 
Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Gritty win last week against the New York Jets. I wonder, though, did the Jets put out the blueprint to slowing down Josh Allen in this offense? This is the second time they've met this year where Josh Allen has just looked befuddled in the pocket, not having many answers, being forced to rely on his legs. They signed Cole Beasley to their practice squad this week. So he should be able to help out right away. I'm still down on Buffalo because I feel like their offense, like I said, is in a funk. Josh Allen must learn to take the layups if they're going to be a real contender in the AFC. My third best team in the National Football League here in Nell's Super Six Pack, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs rank second in scoring at 29.5 points per game. They found a nice tandem at the running back position with Isaiah Pacheco uh, and Jarek McKinnon. Defensively, they're getting it done as well. Chris Jones playing it in Pro Bowl level. Fourth most sacks in the National Football League. They can rush the passer with the best of them. Those are some of the things that matter come January and February. Do you got a damn good quarterback? And can you get after the opposing team's quarterback? The Chiefs can do that. They're another team that I feel like is bored right now. We're really not going to see their best ball until the postseason. My number two team, NL Super Six Pack, my top six teams across the National Football League. Joey Cartier Beansboro in the Cincinnati Bengals. Another impressive win Sunday against Deshaun Watson and the Browns. They did it without T. Higgins. They did it without Tyler Boyd. The Bengals right now humming offensively, fourth in the NFL in red zone efficiency. And you can see why, man. Joe Burrow, cool under pressure and doing what he does best, man, just making plays. Defensively, though, that's where I've really been impressed by this group. The Bengals are sixth in the fewest red zone touchdowns allowed this year. Their defensive coordinator has a hell of a saying, yards don't equal points. And I, I agree with that mantra completely. They're okay with letting teams move the football in between the 20s. But when they get down in that red area, this Bengals defense puts the clamps on people. They're getting it done on both sides of the ball. My late season Super Bowl pick here, guys, Eagles and Bengals. Line it up. I guess that makes it very easy to tell who's the number one team in those Super Six Pack. To Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts, MVP, front runner. It's clear right now who they are. They have balance. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball defensively. Pro Bowl talent at all three levels. It's not close right now, I feel like, between the Eagles and the Bengals and then the rest of the National Football League. It'll be interesting to see, though, once the postseason rolls around, who's real and who's fake. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, my conversation with Wizards insider Chase Hughes from NBC Sports Washington. Youngest in charge, Movement, Linnell Willingham, back with you here on this Friday night edition of Overtime. Big weekend in the sports world coming up. Commanders have their huge Sunday night football game. The D.C. family back in action as well. The Wizards trying to get off of this skid that they're on. Losers of 11 out of their last 12. Joining us right now to help us do so on the BetQL guest hotline. Bet Smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app is... Washington beat writer Chase Hughes. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Chase Hughes NBCS. What's going on, Chase? Not much, Lionel. Thanks for having me on again. No problem, my guy. Always enjoy talking to you and talking hoops. Hopefully, 
the next time we talk, it'll be a, a more positive stretch of play for the Wizards. Yeah. Losers of 11 out of their last 12, including, I believe, they're currently on an eight-game losing streak. I saw you tweet out the other night, it's their longest losing streak since 2012. In a nutshell here quickly, Chase, what's been the biggest Achilles heel uh, of this bad stretch of play? I think you have to point to their defense. Um, you know, over these last 10 or so games, they've had one of the worst defenses in the NBA. And injuries have, have played a factor in that. You know, right now they're missing Kristaps Porzingis. They just gave up a, a ton of uh, points in the paint to the Denver Nuggets, 98 points in the paint. Yeah. But um, that doesn't explain it all. They've had just a, a lot of problems uh, defending the three-point line some games. Sometimes it's the paint. But I would just point to their defense. When you talk about the Wizards and their defensive struggles, obviously that, that points in the paint number with, with Chris Stapps being out is obviously a little bit skewed, but still, uh, from both of our vantage point, unacceptable to give up 98 points in the paint. Um, when you look at the depth behind Chris Stapps, Porzingis, is that an area, if they're going to be active at the trade deadline, that you expect them to try to beef up that front court behind him? Well, it's a really good question that I think has new context after that yeah. game because – I thought that, you know, going into this year, their center rotation was pretty decent. Like, yeah, Christoph Sorzingis is the starter. Uh, Daniel Gafford, I like, is the number two center. And Taj Gibson behind him. But you remove Porzingis, and all of a sudden they're giving up historic numbers in terms of uh, scoring in the pain. And it it does, I think, worry me uh, moving forward because, um, okay, it's one thing if Christoph Sorzingis misses one game and it's against Nikola Jokic, one of the best, uh, players of his generation, one of the better big men of all time, back-to-back MVP. But um, look at Kristaps Porzingis. We all know that he's not going to play all 82 games. Right. Like uh, They've been pretty fortunate so far that he's only missed two games. Uh, you generally go into a year expecting him to miss you know, 10, 20 games, sometimes even more than that. So you have to have some insurance policies built in where you feel pretty good about when he's not in the lineup. And that obviously was not a good showing in that regard. So certainly you can help your paint defense by, uh, you know, defending the perimeter a little bit better. If they get DeLon right back, you know, um, they were missing a bunch of guards. Um, you know, if you can stop the dribble at the perimeter, you can help your cause. Um, but certainly I think the Wizards have to be thinking in those terms, like, okay, are we well suited for when Porzingis is out of the lineup? Because inevitably that's going to happen at some point. You mentioned trying to stop dribble penetration. That is something that Tommy Shepard and Wes Unsell Jr. all offseason you know, really made it a point of emphasis to get better at. They said they wanted a dog uh, at the head of the snake uh, at the point guard position. You make the trade to acquire Monty Morris. Obviously, he's been in and out of the lineup as well. DeLone Wright's obviously been on the shelf for a little while. Do you think, as currently constructed, Washington has the personnel to get better on defense? Or do you think it's something where they just got to improve their effort? I think they can get better on defense, but I don't think they have the personnel to have an elite defense or a top 10 defense uh, or maybe even an above average defense. Like, um, you know, I think the Wizards, the way their roster is constructed, it's like, well, if certain things go right, you know, they could have a good defense or they could shoot well from three. But ultimately, I, I think you need a lot of players who can do those things. Like Corey Kispert was drafted for his three-point shooting, for instance, um, but he alone, even with a hot shooting night, is not going to fix your three-point issues because they've also struggled in that regard. So you look at like a Jordan Goodwin, and all of a sudden they have this scrappy physical uh, yeah. guard defender who who gets a lot of deflections and gets a lot of steals and isn't scared of anyone and will mix it up for rebounds. But 
He alone can't change that dynamic. So maybe when DeLon Wright comes back and then you have two guys in that rotation between him and Jordan Goodwin, you can feel pretty good about it. But, you know, you still need that element at the two with Bradley Beal and, and whoever backs him up. Maybe Johnny Davis can be that guy someday. Uh, you need that element at the three, you know, with Denny Avdia and, and the guys in that rotation. So collectively, um, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a continued process, you know, going to the trade deadline and beyond where the Wizards need to add defense and they need to add shooting. Chase, you mentioned DeLone Wright. He's obviously been on the shelf for, for a little over a month and a half, going on two months with his hamstring injury. Uh, get us up to speed on, on the latest with DeLone Wright and when we can expect him back. Uh, not just DeLone Wright, but Bradley Beal and Rui Hachimura as well. Basically a Chase Hughes injury report. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of injuries to yeah. report on. Um, but, yeah, DeLone Wright's been out for a while. He's still within the range of what we expected when he first went down, which was six to eight weeks. But these hamstring injuries are tricky, and it's been uh, sort of a slow drip so far where, you know, he was – doing one-on-one, and then uh, he's supposed to, uh, this past week or this week, uh, progress to two-on-two and three-on-three, but we hadn't really heard uh, definitively if he had cleared that hurdle. So he's he's very close to doing that. And then after that, you know, you get to three-on-three, and then it's a matter of play on on five-on-five, and then you're ready to go. You know, I've seen uh, instances where a guy does five-on-five in one practice, and then he gets cleared to play in games. So um, that's usually the final step. So I think he's getting closer and closer. Bradley Beal, um, yeah, he's doing on-court activities as well after taking a week off and getting reevaluated. So um, he was questionable for their last game. He didn't play, but that's an upgrade from being out, uh, you know, completely on the, the injury report. So I think that's a, a, an indication that he's pretty close. And Christoph Porzingis has lower back tightness. Um, so I don't think that's going to linger very long. I think he's, he's kind of day-to-day and, yeah, you know, they just got a lot of guys who are dealing with day-to-day injuries. But DeLon Wright is the one player who, you know, it could still be another couple of weeks before he's ready, or it could be next week. You know, we'll see when he can clear that next hurdle. Joining us right now on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today. Is NBC Sports Washington Wizards beat writer Chase Hughes? You can follow him on Twitter at Chase Hughes NBCS. I want to talk a little bit more in depth about Chris Stapps Porzingis and the impact uh, that he's had on this basketball team, despite uh, it not showing up in the win loss column right now. Uh, I saw the story that you wrote on him and his impact on this paint defense. We talked about that already in a nutshell. Offensively, he's doing his thing as well. Do you think moving forward, I know Chris, I know it's very early in the season, but the way the thing's going right now, Chase, I don't see the Wizards being uber competitive. Do you think winning and losing is going to translate whether or not they try to bring him back next year? Well, first of all, I forgot one injury, Rui Hachimura, yes. bone bruise. Uh, he's now missed about a dozen games, so this is really turning into much more than what we thought it was at the beginning. And there hasn't really been much of an update. I, I keep thinking that he's close, but you know there just hasn't been a whole lot of progress there. But in terms of Kristaps Porzingis, I mean, it's been basically a best case scenario so far this season yeah. for what you could expect going in. I mean, he's having um, a great year statistically on both ends of the floor. You mentioned the defensive metrics. He's been, you know, probably a top ten rim protector if you look at. You know, the field goal percentage that he holds uh, players that he guards to compared to their season averages. You know, he might not block a ton of shots, but he's altering a lot of shots. Yeah. And he's contributed to a much improved paint defense for the Wizards. You know, before they uh, gave up 98 paint points to the Nuggets, <clears throat> they were fifth in the league in, in paint defense. And last year, uh, they were 21st. So they've made a significant leap in that regard. It hasn't helped their defense overall as much as they would hope. 
But um, he's made a big impact, and he's shooting pretty good percentages. He's putting up points. He's getting rebounds. Um, it just isn't translating to wins as much as I, I, I think they would like it to. You know, um, I think most players that have the numbers that he does at his position and show the consistency scoring that he does, they're on good teams. You know, right. like uh, you know maybe Joel Embiid is a little bit of a um, a, a, a lofty comparison, but. You know, he's kind of in that category if you run all the numbers, like, okay, who else is scoring 20 points and getting eight, eight rebounds and one-and-a-half blocks and shooting this well from three? It's, it's a very select group of players. Um, but, you know, Joel Embiid, for instance, what he does translates to wins. I mean, the, the, the Sixers, um, they, they fail every year in the playoffs, but they win 50 games pretty much automatically, uh, depending, you know, with a revolving cast of characters around him. So I think the Wizards need to find out how can they – turn Christoph Porzingis and what he does into a winning formula. And they haven't figured that out yet. And, you know, maybe it's not all on him. Maybe it's uh, just the supporting cast and, and sort yeah. of complementing his skill set more. Now that they have him in their system, maybe they can think more long-term about, um, you know, putting the proper pieces around him and complementing his skill set. Um, but I, I think from what we've seen so far, you're just talking about his future, his contract future. Certainly, you know, he's a guy that you want to keep. I mean, if, if you had to choose between him and Kyle Kuzma, I mean, it's a Sophie's choice because I think both are really good players. <laughs> but it'd be, it'd be tough to pass up a guy like Porzingis if you think that he can stay healthy and play like this. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Chase. You mentioned the health. That was always the big caveat with Chris Tapps Porzingis. It was never a question of the talent. It's just whether or not uh, he was able to stay healthy. When you look at this Wizards team right now and you're around them on a day-to-day basis, um, I know these are professionals. They're always going to play balls to the wall, so to speak, and, and give it their all because they're NBA pros. What's the mood right now around this locker room? They've lost eight in a row, including 11 of their last 12. I know last year there was a lot of reports of, of friction within the locker room. Uh, how has the team collectively handled this losing streak? Well, I haven't gotten any sense of the friction that we we got, you know, that, that came out of the locker room last year. Um, <clears throat> obviously, things really – boiled over between Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Montrez Harrell having an altercation at halftime. And, um, but beyond that, there was just a lot of comments uh, around this time of year that were made through the media in press conferences, yeah. where I think I've said this to you before, one of the most amazing things about last year is that there was no mystery to what was going on behind the scenes because the players <laughs> talked about it openly. Like, yeah. it was, like Kyle Kuzma was throwing shade at people. K- KCP was throwing shade at people. Spencer Dinwiddie was subtweeting people constantly in press conferences. So, you could just get a sense that they didn't like each other. And um, uh, Kuzma's been like the one holdover in that regard. And he's been insistent that they like each other this year, that they have good chemistry. And it's been interesting to hear from him and Christoph Porzingis and Wes Unsell Jr. in particular, you know, the leaders of the team when Beal's out and also the head coach about how they don't seem to be panicking or really worrying about, um, you know, how things are going because they don't think it's a lack of effort. You know, Kuzma said that in particular, that, he sees the effort on the defensive end. Now, certainly there's blown coverages and there's things that they can clean up, um, but they really feel like the injuries are hurting them right now. And, um, you know, my counter to that, I think, would be that if you, you can compare their injuries to other teams around the league, and it's not like, you know, they've got the most injuries in the league. Um, you know, I checked yesterday, they were 13th in terms of man games loss. So yeah. it's something that all teams go through, um, but certainly it's compounded their issues. And I, I do think they are going through a particularly tough stretch of their schedule in terms of back-to-backs, road games, and the opponents. Um, so it, it's just a confluence of things, and I think they're all kind of keeping that in perspective and maybe taking solace in the fact that they do still like each other and things aren't you know coming apart at the seams like they did this time last year. 
Yeah, you, you mentioned it. it's going to be important for them to stick together if they want to climb uh, out of this hole. Another key part of climbing out of this hole is head coach Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, had a full season last year with the team, his first time ever being a head coach. Evaluate him 29 games into this season. Have you seen any type of improvements with his adjustments? I know they've tried to simplify uh, some of their concepts defensively so guys can communicate better, uh, but grade him through 29 games thus far. Uh, I would probably give him, you know, a C plus or a B. I mean, I, I, I guess I'll stick with a B because of the injuries. But, yeah. um, you know, there's been kind of a parallel to last year where the Wizards started out really well, particularly on the defensive end. And then, you know, as happens in every sport and every season, you know, adjustments are made. Um, yeah. Teams watch film, and it's all about you staying ahead of the rest of the league and adjusting to make sure that, uh, you know, what what you're doing still works. And um, we've seen the same parallel. So I think some of that, um, you know, of course is going to fall on his lap. And, and when it comes to the defense, that's always going to be a, a part of the game that we're going to evaluate and tie it to him because that's why he was hired. So um, I, the, you know, the injuries do have to be mentioned. You know, I think he's graded on a, a curve because of that. Um, and I would say, you know, maybe one of his um, biggest successes so far uh, are twofold. One, I think he's found a nice balance uh, with the top three players on the team, Bradley Beal, Christoph Porzingis, and Kyle Kuzma. He's gotten all three of those guys to buy into basically an equal share offense. And all three statistically have had really good years. I mean, even Bradley Beal, um, you know, has been more efficient and, you know, might not be scoring as much as he did a couple years ago, but he's doing it more efficiently and at times has played better defense. And, you know, all those guys, it, when they've been playing, have been averaging about 15, 16, 17 field goal attempts a game. And I think that's easier said than done to get three players with their track records to do that. And then I would say also, you know, the Jordan Goodwin, uh, the emergence of him, and uh, I think that's a, a feather in, in Wes Huntel Jr.'s cap in terms of player development and, yeah. and getting a guy with his background as an undrafted player to be as impactful as he has so far. But um, ultimately, those types of small victories aren't going to outweigh the actual ones that they need to return the standings. So I think the negatives would, of course, be the parallels to last year, and it's just the fact that they're – Losing like they haven't lost in, in, in 10 years at this point. Appreciate you giving me some time, my man. Absolutely, man. Anytime. That is Chase Hughes, NBC Sports, Washington Wizards insider. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Chase Hughes, NBCS. And, I, you know, talking about the D.C. family, talking about the Washington Wizards. I mean, this is. I don't want to say it's not uncharted territory because I guess they've stunk all my life, but, I mean, this is this is brutal. Losers of 11 out of your last 12. You've lost eight straight games. There seems to be no true silver lining with this group right now. It's hard for me to try to find the positives in what's going on with this team right now. Kyle Kuzma, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and Bradley Beal right now really represent the only Good things about this basketball team. The emergence of Jordan Goodwin, I guess, has been fine. Denny Avdi approving he's a legit two-way player is fine. Taking the best defensive matchup every night. He's got the dog mentality. But other than that, man, I mean, it has been extremely tough sledding for the Washington Wizards. and They're getting ready to embark on their longest road trip of the season. And I don't see how it gets much better. There was multiple stories that came out uh, in the last several days about Kyle Kuzma uh, and his willingness to stay here in D.C. long-term. He answered that question with Ava Wallace of the Washington Post. 
She had a killer article that she wrote on him earlier today. If you follow me on Twitter, I retweeted it out about an hour ago. That's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. And during that interview, Kyle Kuzma pretty much made it clear that he is going to test free agency this summer no matter what happens. He's got that $12 million player option uh, that he is going to choose to decline. And it makes sense for him to do that because of what the market's going to dictate that he's going to be able to get. Moving forward, though, man, if they feel as if they're going to lose Kyle Kuzma for nothing, trade him. And while you're at it, trade Bradley Beal as well. I'm of the mindset, man, if I was the decision maker of the Washington Wizards, based off of how we've seen this team play without Bradley Beal, blow this whole thing up and build around Kuzma and Chris Stapps Porzingis. It's not a tough choice, Tommy Shepard. But guess what? The choice is yours. We'll take a break. When we come back, one final segment. We'll switch things back over to the gridiron. Our official predictions for Sunday Night Football, Commanders and Giants, NFC East playoff matchup coming your way next. That's the fan. One final segment here on this Friday night edition of Overtime. I want to give a big thanks to our guest that joined us here tonight, Sam Fortier, Commanders beat writer for the Washington Post. If you missed any of that, uh, make sure you go ahead and download the podcast. You can also use the Odyssey Rewind feature uh, if you've got access to the app. Make sure you use the Rewind feature and go to the top of the 8 o'clock hour for my conversation with Commanders beat writer from the Washington Post. Sam Fortier. We also just heard from Chase Hughes of NBC Sports Washington. He covers the Wizards. Uh, if you missed any of that conversation, go to the 915 segment uh, on the Odyssey app. Right now, though, I want to get to the bottom of my feelings for this week. I told you, man, all week long, each day that I've got up, it's really, it's really felt different for me, right? One morning, I wake up thinking we're going to beat the Giants. One morning, I wake up thinking there's no way in hell we beat the Giants, right? My theme all week long and really since the day after the Giants tie is this football team, since I've been a fan, just doesn't seem to handle prosperity very well. And it's been consistent with this group. You look at the four-game winning streak that they go on last year, it all comes crashing down in a home game against Dallas, and the wind is taken right out of your sails. You look at this season. You win week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everybody's singing your praises. And then you come out and get schlacked week two against the Detroit Lions. Every time it feels like we're ready to buy all the way in with this football team, they let us down. And I hope Sunday, I hope Sunday that's not the case. And I don't think it will be. I really don't. I just think there's too much at stake. There's too much riding in the favor of the Washington Commanders. All the momentum so to speak, is on their side. This game got flexed into prime time. This was originally supposed to be a 115 kickoff. This game gets flexed in the prime time. You're going to be the only game on TV at the time when it plays. Nationally televised. This is your opportunity. I said it earlier. This is an opportunity for this football team to prove to the rest of the National Football League exactly who the hell you are. That's it. From here on out, The last four games of the season, they should be viewing this 
as a single-game elimination tournament. Because guess what? Like I said, winning, you're in. That should be the mantra for the rest of the year. You got four games left. You went out, you get in. Damn going one and three. Damn going two and two. Damn going three and one. You need them all, right? Show me who you are. Show the world who you are. Show people that this eight-game stretch hasn't been a fluke. Because like I said, nationally, nobody's buying the Washington Commanders yet. I'm wondering, what is it going to take? What is it going to take? And when I say not buying the Commanders, of course people think they'll make the postseason because that's where they are right now currently. But man, my thoughts and my predictions for the Washington Commanders, I'm not so short-sighted the way everyone else is. I think this team that they've assembled is special. And it starts on the defensive side of the football. This is a special bunch. Offensively, if you could just get average, average production, average production out of that group, not only will you punch your ticket to the postseason, but who knows what happens when you get there. I'm not saying I expect Washington to go on some miraculous Super Bowl run, but I damn sure expect them to be competitive. And they've been competitive in every game pretty much since that Bears game. Or really dating back to Tennessee when you lose on the one-yard line. They have been uber competitive since that point, and they haven't looked back. I don't expect them to look back and play down to the competition and, and not play as good as they're capable of when it matters the most, right? I said it. the beautiful thing about it is a lot of the guys on this football team have playoff experience. Cam Curl, John Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat. Hell, Kendall Fuller's got a damn championship ring. These guys have been in these high leverage situations before. It's about you rising to the occasion when it matters the most. And I'll say this. Under Ron Rivera, this football team in prime time has thrived, flourished. Go back to Thursday night football. The game they beat the Chicago Bears. They come up with a huge special teams turnover. A huge defensive stop. That's what they tend to do when the lights shine the brightest. This group plays their best ball. I expect that to continue Sunday against the Giants. We've said it all along. We know this. They're better than the Giants. One through 53 to a man, they are the better basketball team. There is no doubt about it. It's about going out and proving it. Because like I said, nobody nationally is buying you. The rest of the league sees this as nothing more than a feel-good story. Sunday night, you got the opportunity to show you're not just some flash in the pan. Handle your business. Handle your business. And the rest of the country will know you are a legit contender. And that you're not just some six-seed Cinderella story. I've been singing the praises of the defense all year long. Really dating back to that first Philadelphia game. You saw the changing of the guard with this group. And I keep bringing up the 49ers, and I'm not doing this because I want to create some rivalry. I just know, I just know how big of a game. You think this weekend's game is big. You're playing on Sunday Night Football. Next weekend on a short week, taking a trip to Cali. You're playing against the league's hottest team. We're going to find out exactly who this group is within the next two weeks. I've gone on record and said I expect them to punch their ticket to the postseason. But make no mistake about it, it's no foregone conclusion. 
There's no foregone conclusion. As easily as they can go out and finish the season 4-0, I can easily see them finishing 0-4. And then what's the conversation going to be surrounding this football team? But my message to Ron Rivera and the players, don't be like your predecessors. Don't be like the teams in prior years. Don't crumble in the face of prosperity. Get up. Stand up and fight. That's it. That's all we can ask for. I expect it to be a rocking atmosphere Sunday night at FedEx. I expect this to be the biggest crowd they've had all year by far. You got the left hand up song getting performed pregame. All the feels, all the vibes are going to be on your side Sunday night. Take advantage of it. These moments, these moments don't come, don't come around very often. You have an opportunity here to do something special. This team is already in contention and fighting for their eighth win of the season. Washington and Ron's first two seasons won seven games in both years. We're already at seven games. So clearly, there's been substantial improvement. But if you don't punch your ticket to the big dance and become competitive, some may go on and say, it's all for nothing. I just don't want that to end up being the case for the Washington Commanders. That's it. That's all. That'll do it here for me tonight here on Overtime. Make sure you stick around for the JR Sport Brief Show. And this weekend, Sunday, you know how we get, get down on Burgundy and Gold. Burgundy and Gold game day right here on 106.7. The fans, Scott Jackson, gets you started at 4 to 6. Earl Forsey actually gets you started at 8 a.m. with countdown to kickoff. Scott Jackson, 4 to 6. Before countdown to kickoff with Craig and Logan, and then myself, Denton Day and Logan Paulson, the only live interactive game day show here in the DMV. Burgundy and Gold Game Day Live gets started at 820. Until then, be well and go Washington. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.